What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Train the legendary Larry Bluestein. Jack- the Six Rig King Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Six Rings King Show on a new night. Monday night now, baby. We're really excited, actually, to have uh, um, Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host of the Huddle. Coach! Yes! All right! (laughs) First touchdown of the year. (laughs) Bobby Hurricane, yeah. You know the name. Already, it's Mercy. <laughs> it's a six red cane show. Can't forget the name, though. Got jazz, blue vision, DJ, break the game code. Ain't no changing up, ain't no breaking up. Real port alive from the Hall Rock Stadium. Ball 14 for the orange or green. We see the six red champs. It's more than a dream. This is life on the field. Beyond a hundred yards of hurricane, that's never still put a damage to the wrong with us seriously what's wrong with us we're miami hurricanes fans welcome to the six rings cane show a show dedicated to miami hurricane sports featuring the legendary larry bluestein jazz santana vish and danny gillette let's go canes hello and welcome to our uh, six rings cane duke pregame show we got blue here blue thanks for joining yep. us all right vish all right, and uh, Josh should be with us shortly, but you know, time waits for no man. So let, let's <laughs> let's let's get it. Let's get into this, uh, Blue. I know you've just been talking about watching some Duke film, particular quarterback. I think he's the key to this game is for for our defense stopping him. So what are your thoughts there around kind of Duke's yeah. offense and and how central the quarterback is? So Riley Leonard's a really really proficient passer. He can run, and uh, he he leads the team, and that's the. That's the thing right now that Miami has to be aware of. Uh, but if you pay too much attention to them, they run the ball a little bit too. Uh, you know, I mean, not only does, you know, does Leonard run and he, I think he has like over 400 yards, but uh, they have the kid Jordan Waters who, who runs extremely well. And then uh, Jalen Coleman. So they, they come at you offensively, you know, with a, uh, a, like a run pass option, but the quarterback, 
I, I would say that Leonard probably runs in the four or five range. So if he gets out in the open, he could go. I mean, he's a big guy and he throws the ball extremely well, but you got to expect his, uh, you got to respect his feet. And that's the one thing that Miami has had a little problems with, you know, to, you know, May, uh, even though, People didn't think that, you know, North Carolina uh, was going to do all that. He, even though they only scored 27 points, he, he had like quite a few yards, you know, and then both of them on the ground and through the air. But uh, Riley, Riley is more of a, a real dual guy. You know, I mean, he's he's one of those guys that could sting you. I mean, you know, not just get the first down, but he get those extra yards. He's a smart kid. And, uh, you know, and the offensive line, I think, too, Bish, will be the key for uh, a senior-oriented line. They have a couple of 23-year-old kids on the line, uh, kids that have graduated and getting their, getting their master's degrees. And, you know, so my, my – and but I think Miami's matchup against anybody now with uh, the way the Mesador has come on, uh, you know, and the way that the defense is starting to play a little bit better up front. You see, we, we weren't concerned with the secondary before – because we knew they had experience coming back, but but the front seven, uh, that to me, so the key matchup for the defense of Miami and the offense of Duke is is going to be found out rather early. And if you remember, I think we talked about this on Monday, the last time Duke played here, the first first play from scrimmage, I think it was an 80-yard run that they took the 7-0 lead on. So Miami has to eliminate the big plays. Uh, and, and, and if you watch Duke's game last week, where they probably should have won the game, um, they had five plays of over 40 yards. Yeah, you can't have that. And because that right there is 200 yards of offense just in those five plays. And But uh, I think the key, as you said, I, the key is to stop Riley Leonard. Uh, but to do it, you're going to have to defensively, Miami's going to have to call a really good game. Uh you know, I don't think they called a great game against North Carolina. They were fortunate that, you know, but North Carolina was fortunate too. I mean, you know, having giving up over 500 yards, but only 24 points. But uh, I think that, to me, the key uh, from the – Miami's got to kind of control the offensive, you know, the, the line of scrimmage. I don't know if they can because I watched in North Carolina had a tough time controlling Duke's uh, line of scrimmage. But uh, Miami has to limit mistakes – uh, I'm just talking about their defense versus uh, Duke's offense and got to limit the huge plays. You know, I, if, if they keep giving up the big plays and they're going to be back on their heels the whole game. Yeah. That's one thing that jumped out to me. Um, when, when, uh, when Riley Leonard needed to show the, he had that long touchdown run last week where he was pulling away from North Carolina's defensive backs. And yeah, he didn't really, normally he's very in the box and, um, and and he's kind of like a he'll grind yards out for them, but right. yeah, he showed that other gear when the field opened up and he was gone. He so we that. gotta we gotta we gotta be careful. Like you say, he's very dynamic. Would you put a spy on him? Or I feel like he's their whole the whole offense is really around him. They're really balanced. They they run and throw well, but I feel like if you can you know limit him, the rest of the offense might go with him. Well, you know what? If you did, I, I would use James Williams because I've been aching to get James Williams in that box anyway. You know, I've been looking to get him out of that. You know, like I said, you know, he I, I once said to Kenny Phillips after a high school game, 
uh, it was a muddy day and he was the only one with a uniform that wasn't even had any mud on it. And I said, you know what? You can't sit there and film the game, the whole game. You got to get into the action. And I think sometimes James Williams waits for the action to come to him rather than to pursue. But like uh, Pat Sertan said, when he put him in, when he put James in the box as a senior in high school, uh, he says, you know, to me, that's how you get James closer into the action. And then he's got that, uh, you know, God-given ability. You know, I mean, he's a big kid at 6'5". He's got range. So if they do spy anybody, uh, especially with the way that Cam Kitchens has played in the, as a safety, and then Elvante too, uh, I think you could use him to spy and go out, you know, because you couldn't – you don't want to give up anybody else. I mean, you can't give up your corners. Um, obviously, so it'd have to be a, a safety, and and uh, I think Cam's too too valuable. Roman the secondary, and but I think if there's anybody, and I'm sure that they'll disguise coverages. I mean, that's what Steele's all about. I mean, he's been around a long time. He's seen Vish a lot of uh, different, you know, really good quarterbacks and good offenses, and he's been able to game plan for them. So I don't, you know, think it's going to be an issue of game planning and, and, and coming up with schemes. It's just that Miami has to execute and, you know, where people always want to put the blame on the coaches and sometimes it's warranted, but a lot of times, you know, if you watch the practice all week, all they do is they, they put the kid in the, in the right uh, position to make plays. Like they'll call a, you know, like a blitz. And if that kid fails to get in there and then they burn them, I mean, it's not the coach's fault. I mean, you know, the, the, I mean, they designed it right. They anticipated it right. So I think that's one of the things, Miami's execution in defense. I mean, you know, we talk about execution in an offense and you got to hold on to the ball and ball control. But on defense, you've got to come up with, he's got to dial up some pretty good, you know, plays. I mean, he can, and like I said, the thing that, would will hurt Miami is if they get a, a two scores behind because that what that does is they give Leonard an opportunity to kind of freelance and you don't want that because then he doesn't have to play assignment football and then he could sit back there and you know whatever he wants to do so I think it's essential to get in and, and you know get into the backfield you know even if you have to blitz you know uh, and then hopefully uh, you know you have the safety covers we talked about this all the time. I think Miami's got some really good safety playmakers. Um, so I don't think that would be a gamble. Where you're hurting is linebacker. You don't have a lot of depth there. Um, as, as we sh- talked on Monday, I don't think Caleb Johnson has really lived up to that hype. Uh, so, And then they've been hurt with Steed. And, and the two guys that are seen to make be making the plays are Flag who everybody, you know, we talk about that all the time. And then Wesley Besaint, I think, is really coming into his own, and which is a good thing. Yeah, and and I don't know that sacrificing a linebacker, I, I agree with you. If they're going to spy, it should be a safety, and you just, you know, play one, yeah. one deep safety. Because, um, again, this guy is dual threat. Part of that is, you know, getting his running backs involved. So if you're just going to – if you're going to sacrifice a linebacker, their running backs are very capable. They have three running backs right. that average over sure. five yards a carry. They'll just, they'll just, you know, do their option and hand it off and, and run all over us. You can't. Yeah, not think I it's agree. To sacrifice a linebacker there. And also, Vish, because of their offensive line superior play up there, if you watch it, they've got seven guys that they rotate uh, on the offensive line, and that becomes a concern 
because what your objective is when you get teams down in South Florida, although it's probably, you know, cooler than it has been, but your objective is to kind of wear them down because of the humidity that's, uh, you know, always you know, prevalent. And if you have seven guys on a line that could play, it's going to be tough to do that because they're going to rotate and they're going to take kids in for, you know, out for a breather. See, Miami's not that fortunate, unfortunately, but um, yeah, I I think that, like I said, the the key uh, for Miami on the defensive side is if they do spy somebody, you know, to make sure that you've got the coverage and, you know, on the backside, but at the same time, you can't let the, the the running beat you, whether it be from from Leonard or any of the three backs that you mentioned. Uh, you've got to control the line of scrimmage. And, uh, you know, I mean, everybody's going to get stung. Miami will get stung once or twice, but can't make it a habit. You can't let them get in the 30s and the 40s because if they do, I don't think Miami has the capabilities to get up, you know, that much in, in, you know, to score that much. So it's got to be a lower scoring game for Miami to, to come out as a winner. Well, that's a probably a very good transition to the other side of the ball. So Duke defensively, they're much better against the run than the pass, which, you know, watching Miami the past <laughs> few weeks, that might light up okay, I guess. Um, right, so right. is this this just a game where I should I should point out Duke's um, run defense is kind of average. Their pass defense is actually pretty terrible on ratings, but their scoring defense is – not bad at all, and that's because they're a high turnover forcing team. They are 11th in the country in turnover margin, so that's what kind of keeps the other team from scoring. They cause a lot of turnovers. They've recovered 11 fumbles this year and haven't allowed one, haven't wow. fumbled once. So you know they're kind of dominating that matchup, and it's allowing their defense to to stick with it. So do you think Miami? I mean, whether or not they can even run the ball is an open question. But should they kind of lean on the pass game here? Well, they have to, obviously. That's what that's what got them, you know, it had kept them in the game against North Carolina. And, and uh, have they abandoned the running game? I don't think so. But, wow, it's kind of tough to figure that coming into the season, that was a strong point. You know, you talked about everybody that they had. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and uh, now they, you know, you were without Rooster for a couple of games and then Parrish missed last game and um, – You've been without Cheney all year, so it's almost a pedestrian running game right now, and I'm not going to even bring up that Franklin anymore because evidently they don't see what I see or what other people see, so I just have to trust in what they do. Um, you know, I mean, if they're using a walk-on <laughs> instead of that, then there must be an issue uh, somewhere along the line. Um, the offensive line has been – average it's not even been good at all it's uh and i understand that they've had people out and they're very thin Uh, but vish i'll tell you the thing that bothers me about that is that if miami can't you know if if, um tyler has to you know get out of the pocket too much it's not good i mean then you'll start having some holding and they don't need that and and when he does make plays the last thing you want to look back and see flags all the time so miami's best thing with him is to he, he's a drop back passer he's not a runner i mean and, and i know he doesn't profess to be one and he'll run for a first down here and there and that's only everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, the linebackers drop a little bit further, but you can almost 100% guarantee that they're going to, they'll want him to throw. They're going to see what they could do because they're not, you know, they know that they could stack the box and stop Miami's run. All they have to do is watch film. And, you know, everybody's done it uh, with the exception of Bethune-Cookman. I mean, you know, so that's, to me, a very important part of what Miami does uh, from from the offensive side of the ball is uh, I think Van Dyke could have a big day. Uh, You've discovered a go-to receiver now with Kobe Young. Uh, You have Brashard Smith, who's played really well over the last couple of weeks. You have a tight end. Hopefully, he's going to be healthy, um, and he could catch, and he's shown he could catch. Um, so, what I suggest too is they use your, you know, if they see that they can't run, they're going to have to use their running backs out of the backfield. Uh, you know, get them into space. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying abandon the running game, but if they're not going to give you the running game and they're going to back put everybody up, then Van Dyke could go over the middle. He can go outside. I think Kobe Young's going to be huge in this game because he's got the talent. Uh, they've got two corners. One of them's really good. He's a senior. And uh, and that's the guy that's going to probably get Kobe Young. So if Kobe's, you know, if Kobe's going to be covered most of the game, then you start using Brashard Smith and let Brashard Smith get into to space. It's the whole thing is – is the trouble is not that Miami's receivers can't run. It's that they, they just don't catch the ball. And, you know, in certain situations, once they get their hands on the ball, if you get Prashard's hands on the ball, he could go. If you get Kobe Young's hands on the ball, he could go. And the same thing with Redding. Redding is to me has been a disappointment, not because he hasn't produced all the time, but he's inconsistent. He'll catch some really good balls and then he'll drop two and, you can't have that today. You Miami, I mean, obviously Miami's going to make their mistakes, Fish. They're going to get a couple of penalties and they're going to drop some balls, but they've got to they've got to get this thing together. I mean, this is, you know, we're into the season now. This is uh, coming past the halfway point. So these sophomores or freshmen are not sophomores and freshmen anymore. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious about the penalties because coming into last week, Miami was the best team in the ACC in regards to penalty, and last week was a penalty apocalypse. So yeah, yeah, it, it kind of came out of nowhere, um, and it was egregious. So um, I do wonder. A lot of them were, you know, pre-snap offensive line penalties. So right. I'm assuming they didn't have a fun week of practice. Um, <laughs> no, the True. the coaches focus on that position in particular. But it'd be interesting to see if you know some cleanup there. To your point, though. I think they got to make that transition. We still, I feel, want to be a run-first team. Now, we are willing to go away from it a lot more quickly than we were earlier in the season, but I think right, it's got to right. be a pass-first. You know, if then if they back off, then maybe you can get some running going, but we've proven time and again we cannot we cannot just line up and run over people. Like, we're not going to be able to do that, and Duke's run defense is solid. I That would just be wasting downs, and that's also – Frankly, to your point, we're going to have some drops. It's, it happens yeah. every game. So, yeah. you know, if you waste it down trying to run and get a yard, then 
those drops become magnified because now it's like third and seven when they're dropping instead of second down. And, right, and, sure. and so, you know, frankly, we need all the downs we can to get a complete a pass. Um, so, so I, I do, I'm hoping, yeah, we come out throwing the ball until we get the line back healthy, get the running backs back healthy. Like there's no point in forcing to your point for, for going to a walk on as, as much as he, he was a scholarship player at UAB. So he's not, you know, a typical walk on. He basically left the scholarship. To yeah, no, away. I know. So I get that. But if you're doing that, it's not because we didn't recruit running backs. We, we had, they're all injured. So, you know, you got to kind of face reality there and, and say, all right, we're going to, at least for the time being, you know, throw to open up the run versus the other way around. You know, also about Tyler Van Dyke. Now, last year we all kind of applauded what a great year he had and, you know, how efficient he was. You know, last year uh, he was a 62% passer. This year he's 64. So, you know, to me it shows that, you know, and then I said this earlier in the year, uh, yeah, obviously he had a terrible game, uh, uh, you know, against Middle Tennessee and he didn't play well at all. But uh, every other game, there, especially the A&M game, and you were there so you saw – uh, he had so many key drops, and, and he that cannot be today. I mean, if you get your kids wide open or if you dial up a play that you think, you know, on the sideline, you know, you've been in situations where they'll say, oh, this is going for 50 yards or this is going for a touchdown. And if they draw that play up and somebody messes it up by dropping it, you can't blame him for it, you know, and that's the one thing people have to understand. It's the easiest thing to blame in a loss as a coach. The easiest blame to blame on an incomplete pass is a quarterback. And both of them have, you know, like little caveats on, on each side. I mean, it's not always, you know, the coach's fault. And it's not always the quarterback's fault. And I, I think that Van Dyke is at a place now where his confidence is back. And that's a good thing, especially, you know, and, and you know, when you look at a schedule, Fish, I mean, and you see Duke at home, you should, I mean, you should come out of that tunnel, and I know we say this every week, and it's it's getting old to, to know that your head coach is the only one that has fire under his ass. <laughs> you know, it's 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 almost disheartening to see that. And you know, when I'm at all the games there and watching the pregame, and here's Mario walking around and just jumping around and you know hyped, and nobody else is sharing his enthusiasm. That's not a good thing. And uh, I think that's got to change. And, and, you know, they should be able to follow the guy, follow the leader and say, you know what, coach is amped up and not, we should be too. I just don't see how you can go through a whole week of practice and prepare and get ready and put all that time in. And then on game day, you come out and, you know, you're blah about it. Uh, you know, I've been around this game a long time and it's just, it, those are the things that boggle my mind the most, you know, and then, you know, you look at Miami, they could be four and three, you know, with a win here, uh, you know, get over to 500 mark and then, uh, you know, start, start act, you know, start playing football. You know, I mean, you got to stop thinking about coastal division titles and this and that. You got to just concentrate on winning a game. And if you win today, then you got to concentrate on next week. You're back on the road for a couple of weeks. And I think it's so essential to come out and focus on Duke and not look at FSU and not look at, you know, Virginia or any of the other opponents coming up. I, I just think it's very essential to, you know, I mean, for, for these kids to come out today and just play as good as they can. You know, if 
they lose by playing the best they can, then so be it. But if they come out and hand them the game, uh, that's going to hurt. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where the, the disappointment has been. And, and you mentioned Van Dyke. I think overall the issue with our offense has been just the yardage and the way they're moving the ball has not lined up to the point total one time this year. Right. Like, and you mentioned the North Carolina game, putting up almost 600 yards and scoring 54 <laughs> points. Yeah. I mean, the same thing happened in A&M. Only punted a few times, nine points. I mean, it's been chronic multiple times. 27 first downs. Yeah. Just, it's, in it's, that it's, game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. If, and last week it was the penalties that did it versus the red zone offense failing. You know, you drive, get first downs. Yeah. The next thing you know, it's like first and 20 because you've fall started a couple of times and then you end up punting and it's, we moving the ball well, and so it's all, a lot of dead yardage, essentially, because the penalties are negating the work, yeah. the progress you're making. So I'm just hoping they finally put it together, and I feel like the point total matches the yardage. They'll be fine because we move the ball the entire. There's not been a team that have not been able to move the ball against. Exactly, and it's just, yeah. it's just it's just having that turn into actual points. Missed a b- couple of field goals this year in critical spots. It's just it just never has fully come out clean. I do think, as you mentioned, some of that energy and some of that. I hate to be like rah rah. It's just that positive thinking, you know. Right. Hey, we're gonna do this. That'll breed to these things paying off. And I think they can come out of here with a win today. You know, then that's two in a row. They might start feeling a lot better about themselves. I know they shouldn't yeah. need wins to gain that energy. You need the energy to get the wins. It's almost they're doing it backwards. But I feel like once they start feeling better about themselves, maybe we'll see some of that come out. So that's how we got a couple of minutes left here before we, uh, you know, there was a game to watch. <laughs> so. uh why don't you just why don't you give us your uh, your if you have one key to this game, what is it? Well, as I was saying before, I, I just think the key to the game is ball control. You can't put the ball in the Duke's hands. You know, you can't go three and out. You've got to at least put up a fly, fight and you gotta take time off the and as you said, if they're gonna pass more, then they gotta have more completion. So that time stops. And when the when the clock stops and I've seen it. I mean, sure, they're going to come out and they're going to try to be balanced. I mean, you they, you got to do that. Every game, you got to at least attempt to do it. Uh, we'll see how successful they are. You know, I mean, I've seen games where everybody's been down on the running game and then all of a sudden they run for 160 yards. I don't think Miami's going to do that, but I, I still figure with Parrish back in the lineup, it gives them a better opportunity. So my key to the game is ball control and limited mistakes. Yeah, and for me, it's the it's the latter. Just, I mean, they're not going to play totally clean, but less penalties. They if they don't if if Miami wins the turnover battle, there's a very very strong chance they win this game because Duke relies on that to to stay in game. So just don't turn the ball over, keep it clean, and I I think they'll win. But too, but I think the other kind of a sub point to that is cannot afford one of those Southern Miss or, or Middle Tennessee slow starts because no. if Duke, Duke with the lead is a different animal, they'll grind on you. Um, their quarterback is very good at controlling the game, so you need that lead. And and yeah, I think I you know, slow start can just throw everything out the window if you start slow because then you're playing a different game. And you, you make a great point uh, because all week long since last Sunday, they've been – Game planning for this game, they've had a lot of scenarios, and you'd hate for them to have to rip up the freaking <laughs> game plan after, you know, after two series. I mean, you know, that's not what this – and they've had to do that a couple of times. Like, I'm sure against Middle Tennessee, 
you know, they didn't really even script anything. They just said, you know, we should win this game and that's it. And then when they got behind, they were just so lost and they really had no, you know, cause you didn't figure on having the game plan of the game like that. You just go out and play your football and it just, everything went wrong. Now uh, I think it, this is, if Miami wins this thing, it's going to be a lower scoring, like 28, 24 type game. You know, I mean, uh, Duke wants to get this thing into the thirties. And if they get it in the thirties, I don't see how Miami's going to be able to keep up with them. Uh, to be an honest, I mean, you know, I, Miami hasn't given anybody any clue that they, they can score like that against a quality team. But I think if they keep it in the, in the low to mid twenties, they've got a chance to win this. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons that um, Miami stays in games, despite not getting those point totals is their offense, the offense does, despite not actually scoring, hold the ball well yeah. and possess it and move it. So the defense in between gets the 20s. Yeah, yeah. The other team doesn't get a lot of possessions to get to those 30 and 40 point totals. So exactly we'll see if that and, continues as well. And two, the special teams, Miami's got a really good punter, obviously one of the best, if not the best in the ACC. And when Borogalis is on, he's, he's pretty lethal. So, I mean, and he kicks the ball into the end zone. So from a special teams wise, uh, they've got to be solid there. And, and I don't see any reason why they won't be because they've been all the way. They don't get punts blocked, very few kicks blocked. So, yeah, that's another, you, that's another huge key too. Yeah. All right. Well, um, it's about that time. So I want to thank everyone for joining us for the pregame show. Uh, Jazz was unable to make it. He just texted me and said he had a family thing come up last minute. So he should be here for the post game, as will okay. uh, Blue and myself. And we are uh, – <laughs> Finally got comments right at the end of the show, but good vibes. That was a good way to end it. Um, good yeah, vibes good. today. Let's get this win. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll be here after the show, after the game, with the post-game show. We'll break down uh, what just happened. So, Lou, thanks thanks for joining me on this pregame. Bye, guys. Have fun. Uh, yep. And we'll, we'll see you guys after the game. Nice. The Six Rig Kane Show. Yeah. The Six Rig Kane Show. Yeah. The Six Rings Kane Show. Ha <laughs> ha!